Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we are thankful this afternoon. We are grateful. Lord, we are thankful for a beautiful day. We are thankful for a wonderful opportunity. Lord, we see it as an opportunity. Whenever you make way for us to gather before you to hear your word. This afternoon, Lord, we avail our hearts for a change. We pray, Lord, that you remold our hearts, transform our hearts, let us not live here the same as we came. But we pray, O oh God, let our walk with you move a step forward. And I thank you, Saul, for the spirit that is given this afternoon to teach us. Glorify yourself, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, we want to continue our series of messages. Perhaps we are getting to a conclusion of the message. That we've been talking about wisdom. We've been talking for several weeks about wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. And um, I believe um, you have learned something so far as we are sharing from this message. We've been sharing for several weeks now, and um, I believe that you are keeping up with the messages. Um, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. The scripture says, Wisdom had builded her house. Wisdom had builded her house. She had hewn out her seven pillars, she had killed her beast. Hallelujah. Wisdom builds. So we've been learning so many things about wisdom, and we learned certain things about wisdom pertaining to the fool's point of view. Hallelujah. Or the unwise. The Bible calls a person like that a simple person. When you are simple, it means you do not have wisdom or you are not wise. And we look at the things that such a person does. And we are also looking at the things that the wise person does. Hallelujah. And we want to continue looking at the things that a wise person does. And so far, we have given you several pillars. One thing that we have been sharing is that we said the wise builds his house. Wisdom builds his house or wisdom builds her house. Amen. Amen. And we're saying that when a house is built, what is going to make the house stand and what is going to make the house sustain challenges and difficulties are pillars, strong pillars. 
when the house is built upon strong pillars, then the house survives. Then the house prevails, even through adversities. Amen. Hallelujah. And we said that one of the things that the wise person does is that the wise kills the beast in his or her home. Amen. Amen. Kill the beast. Beast destroy homes. Beast quarrels, misunderstanding, argument. They destroy homes. And one of the things that kill the beast is when you ignore them. Do you understand? We shared so many things about killing the beast. And I want you to listen to these messages. They are messages of wisdom. And I want you to listen to them. The next thing we said is that you make a firm decision. One of the pillars you need in your home is a firm decision not to divorce. A firm decision not to divorce. And we shared so many things and we look at so many things that pertain to divorce and its effect. Hallelujah. And the reason why God hates it. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you remember? We shared so many reasons why God hates divorce. And it ought not be a thing in your home. It ought not be in your home vocabulary or in your home discussion. When there is a misunderstanding or where there is an issue, divorce is not the solution. Divorce is not part of the solution. It is not an option. Hallelujah. And the next one, we've been talking about the pillar of order. The pillar of order. When there is order, that God sets order in our lives. Amen. Amen. There's order that God has set in the home. And we saw the effect of breaking this order. We look at the result of not respecting or not obeying such an order. We talk about the order of God, Christ, the man, and the woman. Amen. Amen. And God had reason for setting these things. Hallelujah. And we ought to respect them. We shared a lot on the pillar of order. Today, I want to share another pillar with you. And um, I think it's, a, it's an appropriate day also even to share. Um, it's, I think it's a nice day to talk about love. Isn't that so? How many of you like love? You like to talk about love? Only few people. I don't know what the rest of you, what you like. What a shock. I thought everyone's hand was going to go up. Okay, how many of you like to talk about love? Okay, now put your hands down. The rest of you, what do you like? Wow. Are we all Christians? Everyone here is a Christian. I just, for the record, I want to make sure. What a shock. Okay, so today we want to talk about the pillar of the presence of God. The pillar of the presence of God. Now, what we have been sharing is about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. And we have been talking about the pillars of wisdom that holds the home of the wise person the pillars of wisdom. And I want to caution you that 
this is not worldly wisdom. Amen. We are not dealing with worldly wisdom. We are not talking about man's wisdom. Hallelujah. We are not dealing with wisdom of this world. We are talking about spiritual wisdom. Amen. Amen. We cannot apply worldly wisdom or man's wisdom to something that God has made. Do you understand? If it is something that God has made, we cannot apply man's wisdom to maintain it or man's wisdom to keep it if it is something that God has made. And so the wisdom that we are talking about is spiritual wisdom. Wisdom that brings stability. Hallelujah. The wisdom that supports a stable home cannot depend on human wisdom. Do you understand? The wisdom that brings stability in a home of the wise cannot be the wisdom of man. It cannot be man's design. Anything that man will come up with and will design with the intent to maintain a stable home will not last. There is nothing that man has made that lasts forever. Have you thought about that? There is no machine that man has created that has lasted since it was made or would last forever. There is no such machine. There is no machine even like the heart that God has made. That heart can beat and beat and beat without needing repairs, without needing to rest to get maintenance. That needs servicing. That today, let's pack it and service it. Let us rest it because it has worked for too long. There is no such machine, but the heart can do that. So there's nothing that man has made that can go on and on and on and be so dependable that it will last. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So if we are talking about a stable home, a home that God has made, we cannot use man's wisdom to create that. And we have already seen that even the application of some of the wisest wisdom of man, some of the wisest things that man has come with, has failed. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The application of some of the nice things that man has designed with the intention to maintain the home and bring some serenity and peace and keep us going, they have failed over and over and over again. Sometimes we try, people have tried to maintain home that we celebrate Valentine's Day. Isn't that so? We have come up with Valentine's Day that annually we will celebrate love and remind us of love and it has failed. Has it worked because people celebrate Valentine's Day and that homes are stable? No. What about Mother's Day? We have been celebrating Mother's Day. Has it kept our homes? What about Father's Day? Has it kept our homes? No. None of these things that man has created has kept our homes. We come up with wedding anniversary that 
we remind ourselves of our first love every year so that we will go on to the next year looking forward, but it has not kept our homes. It has not survived. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? We come up with giving gifts. We give gifts. Birthday gifts. Anniversary gifts. Wedding anniversary gifts. Giving all. You see, these things are all nice. And we ought to do them. But I'm telling you that if it is man's wisdom, it is not going to sustain us. That is not what we are going to depend on. Hallelujah. We talk about vacation, getaway vacations, vacations for two, just the two of us. Leave the children and just let's take time for ourselves. We have come up with all of that. They have not sustained us. We come up with, we need to, as a couple, we need to take individual times for ourselves. And there's um, girls only night out. Don't we have that? You see, we have designed all of these things to bring some form of serenity and peace in the home. That guys only night out. Let us just yes, guys go out alone and be by ourselves and then we come back again and it's like rekindled. We have tried all of that. We've bought flowers. we bought cards. More flowers, more cards. I mean, if you go, people have shoe boxes full of cards. They have not sustained our homes. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes they tell you that find someone that you have common hobbies. You have common hobbies with that will work. That will sustain. Some of you don't even have hobbies. Do you have hobbies? If I ask you, what are your hobbies? What are, if I ask you right now, what are your hobbies? Some of you will say you play. <laughs> That's your hobby. Huh? Some of you don't even have hobbies. Amen. So you see, man has tried so many things. Man has tried, even they say, where the man, let us create peace. In order for the man to have a stable home, let us create a system where the man can marry as many women as he likes so that there is peace. And they have tried that. Has it worked? It has not worked. <laughs> it has not worked. How many of you will like that? Try that. You marry as many women. Ask the man that is next to you. Ask the man, say, hey. Say, hey, hey. <laughs> Amen. So none of these things have been able to sustain our homes. So what we are talking about is spiritual wisdom. It's spiritual wisdom. And I want you to take these things seriously. Amen. Amen. Spiritual wisdom. It is that which will sustain us. Hallelujah. So what I'm talking about today is the pillar of the presence of God. 
the pillar of the presence of God. Now, how do we bring the presence of God into our homes? How do we bring the presence of God into our homes? How many of you want to know? Well, the answer is very simple. We can bring God into our homes through the love that we have for one another. That's simple. Donna, isn't that simple? We can bring God into our homes through the love that we have one for another. Very simple. Amen. Amen. So if that is the case, then everyone can say, I guess my opinion is everyone can say that then there is God in my home. If it is as simple as bringing I mean, if bringing God to our home is as simple as loving one another, then everyone can say that God is in our home. Because if I go around and I ask all of you who are married or you have beloveds, you will say you love the person that you have married or you love the person that you want to marry. Isn't that so? Every couple will say we love ourselves. But I'm not talking about the love that you have in mind right now. That is not the kind of love I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. If I go around and I start asking, if I ask people, how do you know that you love this person? How do you know that you love your wife? How do you know that you love your husband? How do you know that you love your beloved that you want to marry? You know, people will give me different answers. People will say, Oh, Reverend, I know I love him because whenever I hear his voice, I get goose pimples. I get goosebumps come on my skin. Whenever I hear his voice, I know I love him because whenever I hear his voice, I get goose pimples. Do you see? People have different expressions of how they love someone. They'll say, Reverend, I know I love him because whenever he holds my hands, I feel electricity going through me. So I can tell precisely that this is love. I feel electricity going through me. <laughs> Amen. Or whenever I am with her, I feel happy. Whenever I'm with her, I feel happy. So I think I love him. He says, Reverend, whatever he says makes me laugh. So I think I love him. That is why I want to marry him. I don't think that is going to sustain a long relationship. Because there will be times that you will say things that will not make you laugh. There will be times that you will hold your hands that you will not feel electricity, but you feel something else. There are times that you will hear his voice and you will not have goosebumps on you, but something else will come on your skin. So if we are going to depend on this and say we love the person, then that will also not sustain us. Amen. Reverend, I know I love him. I say, how do you know you love him? You know, there is something inside me. I can't describe it. I can't I don't know what it but I know that thing inside me is telling me that I love him. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm not talking about this kind of love. Because all of these kinds of sensations and feelings, they tend to fade away. And they tend to vanish with changing circumstances and with changing situations, changing conditions. These things tend to vanish. So they have not been shown or they have not served as strong pillars that sustain our home. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Hallelujah. The God kind of life. Now, I want you to pay attention and don't tune out your mind and say, I know. I know the God kind of love. And I know. I want you to tune your mind in here. And let's look critically as what is love. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 4. And verse 7. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8, it says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. He that loveth, knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Love is God. God is love. Hallelujah. And then verse 16, verse 16 of this same scripture says, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. Hallelujah. So the Bible is saying, God is love. God is love. And we know that God is a spirit. Isn't that so? God is a spirit. God is love. So love is the ultimate expression of spirituality. Love is the ultimate expression of spirituality. If God is love and God is a spirit, then love is the ultimate expression of spirituality. Hallelujah. So the most spiritual person amongst us is not the one that speaks in tongues the most. The most spiritual person amongst us is not the one that prays the most. Is somebody listening to me? The most spiritual person amongst us is not the one who has the most faith. What a shock. Is somebody hearing what I'm sharing? The most spiritual person amongst us is not the one who prophesies. The most spiritual person amongst us is not the one who has visions. It's not the one who performs miracles. It says God is love and God is a spirit. So if you are spiritual, then God must be in you. The most spiritual person amongst us is the one who is full of God. Full of the spirituality of God. 
full of the Spirit. And the most spiritual person amongst us is the one who is full of love. Hallelujah. Not the one who speaks in tongues the most. Not the one whose tongues are deep. Do you understand? So stop impressing us. Stop making impression on us with your powerful, you know. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? There are times that some people want to express spirituality and they're always coming with you with some wild dreams and some wild visions. The most spiritual person is the one who has the most of God in him or in her. That is the one who laughs the most. That is the most spiritual person. Do you remember when the Pharisees came to Jesus and one of them, I believe Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36, 35, 36. The Pharisees came to him and one of them asked him, saying, Master, he says, what is the, what if I want to do one thing? He says, if I want to do one thing, what is the great commandment in the law? What is the great commandment? I want to be the most spiritual. I want to obey God the most. The one thing that Jesus talked about was love. Love. Not prayers. Not fasting. Not visions. Not prophecies. But love. Hallelujah. So love must be very important. If you really want to grow spiritually, then you must practice love. Practice loving. Learn to love. If you want to grow spiritually, if you want to be a spiritual person, then you want to learn to love. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Why? How? Why have you overcome them? He says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater than all the world is in you when there is love in you. Because the Bible says God is love. When there is love in you, it means the greater one is in you. And you overcome everything that is in the world if you have the greater one in you. That is if you have love in you. Amen. 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 He says the greater one is in you. And that makes you overcome the world. When there is love in you, you overcome everything. You overcome the world. When there's a greater one in you, you overcome and Beloved, take this seriously. That if you want to rise up and rebuild the world, it's not because you pray a lot. And I'm going to show you. If you want to rise up and rebuke the enemy and speak with mountains and let it be moved, it's not because you, 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 you know the scriptures. But that the greater one who overcomes the world is in you. When the greater one is in you, 
when there's love in you. Hallelujah. When there is love in you. Love overcomes all. Love overcomes all. Because when there is love in you, you have God in you. You have the greater one in you. You don't like my message? So you see, when someone says, you don't love me anymore. When someone says, a wife says, I don't think you love me anymore. I feel like you don't love me anymore. When your husband says, I feel like you don't love me anymore, it should not mean to you that, oh, now I have stopped hugging you. Oh, now I have stopped kissing you as often as I used to. I have stopped making love to you as I used to. I have stopped buying you gifts as I used to. That is what it means that you don't love me anymore. It should not mean that. But what it should mean to you is that I feel there is less and less of God in you. Amen. That there is less of God in you. Not because you don't hug me anymore or you don't kiss me anymore. Because God is love. God is love. It means there is less of God in you. Hallelujah. That we don't have dinner together anymore. You don't take me to movies anymore so I don't feel like you love me. Now, what is love? Really, what is love? I have a short message. I'm done with my message. What is love? You see, I say when the greater one is in you, when love is in you, you overcome the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read the Amplified Version, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for and in us, is somebody understanding what I'm reading? Are you reading with me? I want your attention. Is that Mavis? I want your attention. It says, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for us, and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So if you were to hear someone speaking in tongues, 
the language of angels. Speaking spiritual language. You would think that there is so much God in him. But the Bible is saying that if you can do that and there is no love, you don't have love in you, you are just noisy. You are a noisy gun. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The next verse, look, it says, if I have a prophetic power, if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith, you see, if I have the powers of prophecy, and I prophesy and it comes to pass. And TB, if I say to you right now, at the end of the service, when you go out, a black cab will pull up. Don't sit in it. It will ask you if you want to come in. Just say no. It will move on. And another one will come. It's a white one. When it stops by, sit in that car. And then you go outside. And then as you come out on the street, a black car comes. And then he asks if you want to come. And then you say no. And as soon as he takes over, the white car will come. Would you not jump into that car and say that this is safety? And say that the Lord is with my pastor. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But the Bible is saying a person can do that. You see, I am teaching you something very, very important. It says a person can do that. And when that person does that and has no love, no love, I say God is love. When that person, it says, if I have a prophetic power, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all secrets, secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith, sufficient faith, so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing. I am a useless nobody. A useless nobody prophet. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, you will hear of a prophet in Chicago. And then you are buying a ticket and you are flying to Chicago or Iowa because you have heard that there is a prophet, God is with him. Do you understand? And so you are going. He is a useless nobody prophet. If he doesn't have love. That means if he doesn't have love, God is not in him. God is not with him. I think love is very important. I don't know what you think. The next one, verse 3. It says, even if I dole out all that I have. You see, you are looking at love. Even if I dole out, that means I give out all that I have to the poor in providing food and I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory but have not love, God's love in me, 
I gain nothing. The next one. Love endures long. Now we are looking at what is love? What is love then? What is love? What then is love? Amen. What then is love? And then he's telling you what is love. He says love endures long. And is patient and kind. Love endures. Do you know what it means to endure? To endure means it is very uncomfortable. It is very annoying. It is very painful. But you are welcoming it. You are in it. You don't like it, but you are in it. It is causing you pain. It is causing you discomfort, but you are in it. And not hoping that it will stop by the evening. He says, for long. You are enduring for long. He says, love, love, what we call love. When there is love in you, he says, love endures long and is patient. I am suffering, but I'm patient. I am suffering, but I'm smiling with you. I am suffering, but I'm cooking for you. I am not happy, but I am going to sleep with you. Yes. I will say it again. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It says, you, it, it, and you, it, it, it's a sign that God is in you. You want to see that you have love? I am showing you what is love. I am showing you what is love. You say Valentine's Day, we should talk about love. I'm telling you what is love. Amen. It says love, it says love endures long and is patient and kind. And kind. As you are suffering, you are also kind. You see, no one can do this except that there is God in you. Except that there is God in you. He says, love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You know, sometimes husband and wife, they can be envious of one another. They can be jealous of one another. Do you understand? Sometimes... You know, especially when they have a newborn and the baby in the night, the baby wakes up. The baby wakes up. And who has to wake up? The mother, because you have the milk. You see, and then you are jealous that you are the one with the milk. You are jealous that the man is sleeping and he doesn't have the milk. You would have woken him up beer to go and feed the baby. You see, but you are the one with the milk. And though you get jealous. But he says, love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You see, when you are jealous, you know, you see your husband talking to this woman, and then you are spying, taking photographs. You pretend like you're taking a selfie, but what you are really taking... 
You see, we know all your tricks. As you see your husband talking to this woman, then you decide to take a selfie. But you are not in the picture. You are just taking a selfie. We know all your tricks. Jealous. He says love is not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. I'm talking about love. We don't have time to go individually to all. He said it is not conceited. That means love is not arrogant and not inflated with pride. Are you hearing me? This is love. This is when you say we are bringing the presence of God in our home. That the presence of God is in our home, then there is no jealousy. There is no pride. He says, love, when there is a presence of God here, it is not conceited. It is not arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. It is not rude. Some of you, I think you can be, you know yourself. That when you are angry, you can be very rude. You know how to be rude. But when there is God in you, the Bible says it is not rude. Unmannerly. And does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Do you understand? You see, you have to purpose not to do these things if you want to love. You have to purpose not to. You see, no one, no one plans and say, I'm going to be angry. Do you understand? You say, I'm going to be angry. As I'm going home, I'm, I'm planning to be angry. Do you understand? So when you open the door, then you say, anger, come. You see, no one plans that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And no one plans also to be jealous. You know? And then you say, at the count of three, I'm going to be jealous. Do you understand? One, two, three, I am jealous. You see, it doesn't come like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you have to purpose and be aware and say, this is an act of jealousy. You have to say that to yourself. And say, this is an act of jealousy. It is nothing but an act of jealousy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because when that is in you, the Bible says that it is not love. It says it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. Love is not self-seeking. I'm telling you what is love. What is love? It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. Hmm. Some of you are too touchy. Ah. You say, me, I'm very sensitive. You see, that is not love. Me, I'm very sensitive. I, this area is a no-go area. because You see, it's, it's not love. It means there is no God in you.
Is somebody hearing what I'm sharing with you? It means there is no God in you. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Wow. It takes no account of the evil done to it. That means when you have love, you do not take account of the evil done to you. You don't have a file. You don't have a file cabinet of the evil numbered and filed with dates. It says it takes no account, no account, no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That you have suffered wrongly, you still don't pay attention to it. Wow. Wow. We are reading the Bible. We want to know what is love. We want to know how do we bring God into us. We want to be spiritual. And I'm showing you how to be spiritual. How to be spiritual. It says it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When your spouse, when your spouse, your husband, your wife is involved in some injustice, you do not rejoice in it with him. That is love. You see, oftentimes we, are, we feel that if I love you, then I should be in this with you. But it says it does not rejoice in injustice. They don't like my message. I'll read from here. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. You know, there are some of you, you know, you are married. If your, has, your wife or your husband is not talking to this person, you're also not talking to that person. You know? If your husband is angry with this person, I'm also angry. So, you are not talking to him. But what about when your wife or your husband starts talking to him? Then you say, now let's talk. <laughs> you see, you do not rejoice in injustice. Now they have taken all the scriptures away. I have one here. Yeah? I will continue to read. Your sins are forgiven. I'm almost done, so why are you um, taking away the scriptures? I told you it's a short message. Amen. At least some of you like my message. Okay. What verse were we reading? Verse 6. Somebody said 27. <laughs> verse 7. Verse 7. Thank you. So we are on verse 7. Thank you, Ellen. It says, Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. And it says, Love beareth all things. Love believeth all things. Love believes all things. 
Love believes all things. Amen. Amen. Love believes all things. You see, when you have love, you believe everything that you are told. You know, some of you, you tell me stuff. I believe you. I believe you. You say, oh, Reverend, you know, that is my cousin. He's not my... I believe you. You are telling me. I believe you. I believe you. I saw the guy squeezing you, but you tell me, well, that's my cousin. I believe you. <laughs> Your cousin keeps squeezing you. You see what will happen when your cousin continues to speak. But love believeth all things. So if you come and sit before me and you are telling me, I believe you. It's your cousin. Let's flow. It says, love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. There is nothing that is guaranteed not to fail. Except love. Because God is love. God never fails. God never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fades out. Feelings will fade out. Electrical feelings, they will fail out. Goosebumps, they will fail out. That I hear your voice and I am happy, it will fail out. But it says love never fails. There is nothing that never fails except God. Man will fail you. Your boss will fail you. Your husband will fail you. Your wife will fail you. But when there is love, when there is God in him, that person will never fail you. Because God is love. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails out or becomes obsolete. Love will never become obsolete. It says, love never comes to an end. There is no period of time that you say, I don't feel you love me anymore. It means that there is no God in you now. Because if there is God in you, it never fails. Then he says, as for prophecies, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. All of these things, they will fail. They will fail. Now, verse, I believe verse 16. The last verse, I think it's 13, right? Verse 13 of the same scripture. It says, and so, so, Abided. So there is faith, hope, love. He said, so faith abides, hope abides, love abides. Faith, the conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things. 
Do you see how powerful that is? And then he says, hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God and man. True affection for God and man. True affection for God and man. Simple, true affection for God and man. True affection, true affection for God and man. It says, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three. Faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of all, the greatest of all, the greatest of all of these things, the greatest of all is love. Because love is God. And God is love. There is nothing beyond love. There is nothing beyond God. All of these will fail, but God will never fail. Love never fails. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Our time is up. Stand to your feet. Cultivate love. Cultivate love. You can do it. You can. You can. Pray for it. Endurance. Pray that you will endure long. You will endure suffering. Pray for it. Yes, I'm thankful for your word. We thank you, Lord, for revealing to us what true love is. We thank you, Lord. We pray, oh God, give us that spirit, that spirit of love. Fill us with a God kind of love. The love that is long-suffering. The love that endures long. The love that is not jealous. The love that does not behave itself unseemly. Oh, give us that kind of love. Give us that kind of love. Give us that kind of love. Love that is real. Love that is real. He said, by this shall all men know. When there is this kind of love amongst us. That is when they will know that we are indeed the disciples of Christ. That indeed God is in us. He said, there is faith. There is hope. There is love. These three. But the greatest of all. The greatest of all. Is love. Of course the greatest of all is God. Because there is nothing besides you. There is none besides you. There is none that is above you. Therefore when we have love. We have God. And we have such a pillar in our home. Let there be this pillar of presence. Pillar of your presence. Pillar of love. Let it be in our homes. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bow, you are here this afternoon. You want to give your life to Christ. You are saying, I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. Pastor, pray with me. I want to say a simple prayer with you. You are here. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to come to Jesus Christ. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. Perhaps you have walked with Christ before, but today you feel that you feel very far from God. You feel very far that if you were to die today, you are not certain of where you will go. But today you want to come to Jesus and say, Father, forgive me. I want to be your child. I want
want to be your son i want to be your daughter if that is your prayer just lift up your right hand wherever you are and i'll pray with you god bless you i see your hand i see your hand anyone else you say pastor pray with me i want to give my life to jesus i see your hand also is there anyone else you say pastor i want to come back to jesus i want to welcome jesus christ into my life if that is your prayer just keep your hands up and i'm going to say a short prayer with you anyone else anyone else You lifted up your hand i just want you to take one bold step just come here with me just come here i want to just say this short prayer with you it's okay take that bold step i want to just pray with you it's a bold step. Oh, if you lifted up your hand you also can join god bless you god bless you I want all of you to join me and brother, I want you to join me and say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank, you for dying for me. thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. This afternoon, I come before you as a sinner, full of repentance. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Purify me. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Master. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus, please write my name. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for his life. I pray, Lord, welcome him greatly. He said there is heavenly party. Therefore, oh God, let the celebration continue. And I pray, Lord, build a hedge around him. Let not the enemy have a hand in his life. But Lord, I pray, may you give him the ability and the grace to work with you, to continue to work with you until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray, oh Jesus, deliver him from any adversity and every weapon and any plan that the enemy has concerning his life, that he will continue to work with you until the day of Jesus Christ. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.com. B-R-O-N-X at 
gmail.com.